Hey everybody, this is the Quiz Fix Podcast. My name is Paul, and you're right. We don't have a new podcast for you this week. Look, Friday was 419. That's Bicycle Day. That's all about the LSD. You know what I'm talking about. And then 420 on Saturday. I know you know what I'm talking about. And then on the third day, we rose and went to Easter. So we couldn't get together this weekend, but in place of a brand new podcast we've got a game prep cobbled together from the last couple game preps from this week in history so uh all this stuff is relevant for you seattle tacoma renton quizzers out there and then uh we're gonna turn it over to monica an oldie but goodie tips and tricks all about her favorite television show mr belvedere no, it's uh, about Star Trek. It's about it's about Star Trek. You, it, it's a lot about Star Trek. So, uh, if you're not familiar with Star Trek, Monica's gonna uh, smarten you up on the subject. Uh, this week, our regular quiz schedule is intact. Monica is back at on Tuesdays at Fitzgerald's. I'll be Monday at the Skylark in West Seattle. Tuesday at the Crown Bar in uh, Tacoma. Wednesday at the Berliner in Renton and Thursday at the local 907 in Renton and Tuesday with Kat at the Black Zia Cantina in Burien, Tuesdays and Thursdays at Murphy's in Wallingford with Mookie and Jeff. So go and play some quizzes. Last thing to tell you, we are getting set to announce our summer tournament schedule. So start putting your teams together and clearing out some time this summer to come and play the quiz and win some cash. All right, everybody, enjoy the show. Let's get trivial, trivial. I want to get trivial. Let's get into trivia. Now it is time for Game Prep. These are things you may need to know at your pub quiz this week. April 22nd, 1923. Happy birthday, Aaron Spelling. Happy birthday to Aaron Spelling. Producer of such TV shows as Charlie's Angels. The Love Boat, Dynasty, Beverly Hills, 90210. And Tori, producer of Tori. Tori oh, he Spelling. did produce yeah. Tori. Well, his wife did, but I think he was around. Uh, Aaron Spelling shows, did they mean anything to you? Any of those shows mean anything to you? Nope, I didn't watch any of those shows. Wow, not even Beverly Hills, 90210? Mm-mm. Wow, Okay. I uh, my family was a big uh, love boat watcher. That was a big Saturday night show to watch uh, Love Boat, and then at, that was at nine o'clock, and then ten o'clock was Fantasy Island, and mm. sometimes Love Boat would go to Fantasy Island, and then that was very exciting. Oh my! God. Love exciting and new. <laughs> Come aboard, we're expecting you. Yeah, love. Life's sweetest reward. 
bounce back to you. April 23rd, 1985, after being passed by Pepsi in the marketplace, Coca-Cola introduces New Coke in the U.S. and Canada to bolster sales. The product tanks, and Old Coke returned in July with the label Classic Coke. Sales of Classic Coke skyrocket, lending credence to the notion that Coca-Cola had created New Coke just to boost sales of regular Old Coke a charge that Coca-Cola denied, saying, quote, we're not that dumb and we're not that smart. I believe it. Yeah. What I heard from from reading stuff, and I never, I don't think I ever tried new Coke. It was supposed to be a little less sweet. And they realized that this is America. And <laughs> the answer is always more sugar, not yeah. less. Yeah. Can You don't have to replace the sugar with the high fructose corn syrup. You just need to add the corn syrup with the sugar (laughs) and just like, just make us just go crazy. See, what they should have done is had like also Coke. Yeah. Like not taken, changed Coke completely, but just made a new Coke along with the classic. So it's like also Coke. Right. Also Coke. This is Coke and this is also Coke. I like also Coke. (laughs) Also Coke. You can drink this too, I guess. <laughs> That's the motto. Yeah, you can probably sip on this. <laughs> Do you know they? It was such a big deal that uh, when they switched back, I loved reading about this. Uh, they the news anchor for ABC, Peter Jennings, broke into I think an episode of General Hospital. No, to way. announce that Old Coke was coming back. Oh my god! This just in. <laughs> And like, you know, this just in special bulletin is usually like there's bombs coming your way or yeah. there's an earthquake in some the place. The president has been shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like, remember that thing you had three months ago? You can have it again. <laughs> remember that that uh, that cavity you were working on? <laughs> have some more. April 24th, 1923. Sigmund Freud publishes The Ego and the Id an influential paper in psychoanalysis outlining the concepts of id, ego, and superego. Id is the pleasure seeker. Ego, the common sense and consequences. Superego, moral justification. And a really funny uh, improv podcast. Yep. I get those those mixed up, the ego and the superego, quite a bit. I was trying to find some good examples of why... What exactly what those things are? Well, in the next section, the mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, do you have some examples? Yes, I do. <laughs> we will hold off until there. <laughs> April twenty sixth, nineteen hundred. Happy birthday, Charles Richter. Happy birthday. He's an American seismologist who co-created the Richter scale in nineteen thirty five to measure the magnitude of earthquakes. Here's a fun fact: Richter was also a naturist who enjoyed nudist colonies. That is a fun fact. Yeah. I wonder if he was ever at a nudist colony when an earthquake hit. Wow. And I don't think I want to see I that. I don't want to see that. That's a whole <laughs> lot of jiggling happening. Just a bunch of naked people in doorstops, just like in their doorways, <laughs> holding on. Just bouncing around. April 26th, in general, uh, this is Happy Hug a Friend Day. 
apparently there's two hug holidays in the U.S. There's a January one that's National Hug Day, but then for some reason there's a second one, Happy Hug a Friend Day. So on April 26th, find a friend and hug them. <laughs> Don't tell them why. Just go up and just give them a nice bear hug and then release them uh, to the wild. So April 26th, be more particular about who you hug. Yeah. The other one is just hug everyone day. Right. And also, April 26th morning is should be wear some deodorant day. <laughs> Are you a hugger? Uh, kind of. Okay. I'm not hugging you. I'm not asking you to <laughs> hug me. Not until April 26th. I want to hug from behind. I did it. Then a friend jump in. I'm with it. I hug him tighter than a tube top. After that, it's just a matter of time before the other shoe drops. Cause I get more hugs than Oprah selling drugs. And the drug was pure act. No marriage, no sex. It's time for Tips and Tricks. Sing that theme. Tips and tricks, it's time for tips and tricks. Oh, nice. Tips and tricks, it's time for tips and tricks. Oh, that haunting tips and tricks theme means it's time <laughs> to go take a deep dive into a subject. And this week, we're taking a deep dive into... Star Trek. Oh, finally. Where do you want to start? I'm going to start... By saying that Star Trek was created by Gene Roddenberry. There are five TV series, plus the animated series, which is not counted as canon. Oh, wow. That's not counted as canon? Mm-mm. I remember that series. That was a that was a big Saturday morning staple. All right. Help out. <clears throat> All right. We will start yes. with the... Original series. Original flavor. The show that started it all, Star Trek TOS, the original series. 1966 to 1969, three seasons. This is the one where the captain is James T. Kirk, played by William Shatner. Then you got the first officer, Spock, who's Leonard Nimoy. Then the chief medical officer is Leonard McCoy. They call him Bones, and that's played by DeForest Kelly. So that's like this kind of the id, ego, and super ego. Oh, we're bringing it back. All right. <laughs> so let me let me let me see if I can guess this now. Kirk would be the id. Nope. Oh, <laughs> is Bones the id? Yeah. Then Kirk would be the. Oh no, I'm going to get this wrong. Is he the ego? Nope. He's the super ego. <laughs> yeah. So basically. Bones being the id is all about emotion. Right. And he's like human and emotion, and he's constantly telling Spock about that. Mm -hmm. Because Spock, being the ego, has no emotion. He's all logical. Okay. And then Kirk is the one that kind of joins them together and takes the best parts of both and figures out the best thing to do. I got it. He balances the emotion and the logic. Gotcha. The ship on the show is the USS Enterprise NCC-1701. Oh, that's a good trivia question. So some notable episodes. City on the Edge of Forever is often rated the number one episode. It won a Hugo Award. It's set in 1930s Earth. 
Oh, yeah. There's a tragic ending, and it's one of the first instances of the word hell used as profanity on television. Oh, okay. When Kirk says, let's get the hell out of (laughs) here. It's one of my favorite ones in the original. That's where you get to see Spock dressed up like he's a 1930s uh, person. Yeah. The thing about whenever they go to like a planet where they don't know about aliens, Spock wears a little cap (laughs) to hide his ears. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Another episode to remember is Mirror, mirror, because that introduces the mirror universe, which is also used in two other Star Trek series, DS9 and Enterprise. Mm, Okay. So that's the one where they pass into this other universe and it's kind of like their characters, but they're kind of more evil. Okay. Like Spock has a little goatee beard. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what all you needed to say for me. Goatee <laughs> Spock. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. I think that started the trope of, hey, if it's if it's an evil character, it has facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. And one other episode is Plato's Stepchildren. That's the one with what some people consider the first interracial kiss on TV. Right. But... Apparently, that is disputed, that it wasn't the first. And some people say they didn't even kiss because they turned their head, I guess. Oh, well, it's implied that they're kissing. Yeah. So I think it counts. That's the original. That's how Star Trek started. It's kind of silly. There's like 79 episodes and like 30 of them are good. All All right. And here is the theme song. The next show is The Next Generation, Star Trek TNG. And I will say right now, this is the one that I know the most of. Okay. So this is 1987 to 1994, seven seasons. The captain, Jean-Luc Picard. Amazing. Patrick Stewart. First officer, William Riker, played by Jonathan Frakes. Chief engineer... Jordy LaForge. Right. Played by LeVar Burton. Named after a fan. Oh, I didn't know that. There was a disabled fan who had written to Gene Rodberry, said for the next Star Trek, would you put somebody with a disability? And so he gave uh, the LeVar Burton the blind role and named him Jordy LaForge. He's blind and he wears the visor mm-hmm. so he can see... And it looks like a headband. Yeah. Which, when you're a kid, you take your headband and you put it over your eyes and you pretend. (laughs) Or yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Chief Medical Officer Beverly Crusher, played by Gates McFadden. Mm -hmm. She has a son, Wesley Crusher, played by Will Wheaton. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a snap judgment on Will Wheaton right now? I like Will Wheaton. Yeah, so do I. I do. He's like a nerd spokesperson. Yeah. Yeah, he's embraced the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Some other notable characters, Worf. Oh, yeah. Played by Michael Dorn. He's a Klingon. Mm Mm-hmm. Deanna Troy, played by Marina Sirtis. 
She's half Betazoid. And her mother, Loxana Troy, is played by Majel Barrett, who was married to Gene Roddenberry. And she is also the voice for the computer on every series except Enterprise. Oh, that's interesting. And then, of course, there's Data, Mm -hmm. who is Brent Spiner, who is an android, and he's probably my favorite Star Trek character. Of all of them, he's your favorite. I think so, yeah. That's interesting. He kind of brought the Spock character for Next Generation. He was kind of that character. Yeah, he was different, though. Spock? Spock was half Vulcan, and he wanted to shed his human emotions. Right. Data was an android who could not have emotions and wanted them. Right. So there's an episode where he has a girlfriend, and I don't even know why she wanted to date him, because she obviously did not understand him at all. (laughs) (laughs) Data, nobody knows you like I know you. Drop that zero and get with a hero. (laughs) We're getting into a part of Star Trek that I probably shouldn't talk about in public. I think you probably should just (laughs) talk about nothing else but your crush on data. Also, um, Whoopi Goldberg was in the show starting in season two as the bartender Guinan. Oh, right. Um, This series... Introduced the hollow deck. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a virtual reality thing. It also introduced the Borg. Right. Which is an assimilated alien society. They're the ones that say resistance is futile. Mm-hmm. And in the cliffhanger last episode of season three, that's the one where... Picard is assimilated by the Borg. Also, uh, my favorite character from that. Uh, is it cute? It is cute. John DeLancey. <laughs> yeah. Kicking ass all over the place. So he is in uh, multiple series. He's, the character Q. As he should be. I like how he called Picard Mon Capitan. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you really want to get into my favorite character from that show, it has to be Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. It's just Patrick, uh, Jean-Luc Picard was just a boss. He's probably my favorite captain. I don't think you can have another favorite captain. I mean, the captains, there's been some good ones, and we'll get to some more here in a second, but Picard, Picard ruled. And here is the Next Generation's theme song. Next series is Deep Space Nine. Which is your overall favorite. That's my favorite one. Okay. DS9 started 1993 to 1999, also seven seasons. It started while Next Generation was still on. Oh, that I did not So there was some crossover things. There's like one or two episodes of Next Generation where they have... Deep Space Nine people on. And then there's also two characters that are on Deep Space Nine. That's Worf. 
He comes in like season four, I think. And um, Miles O'Brien, who was played by Colm Meany. Oh, he was the engineer. Yeah, on Next Generation, he was like the transporter mm-hmm. officer. Oh, right. And in DS9, he's the chief engineer. Gotcha. Uh, the captain, who actually isn't the captain until season three, he's a commander. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Sisko, played by Avery Brooks. Uh, he has a son, Jake Sisko. They're both on the space station. His wife was killed in the Borg attack that was led by the Borg Picard. So um, he has a thing against Picard because every time he sees him, he thinks about him killing his wife or something. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. There's two alien races that are important in this show, the Bajorans and the Kardashians, not Kim. Is that where they got their name? Probably. Probably. <laughs> well, they look like weird alien bug lizard things. Well, and also, most of them are kind of dicks. Well, considering that Robert Kardashian at that point was a celebrity lawyer, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they named those characters after him. So the Kardashians occupy Bajor for 50 years. Now, 50 years later, the occupation is over. The Federation comes in, takes over the space station, and renames it Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And they're basically trying to help the Bajorans rebuild their society and keep peace between them and the Kardashians. Okay. So this is where the show starts, where Benjamin Sisko comes in. He's a little damaged from his wife dying. And he gets set up in this, like, space station kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And it's sort of like, here's something easy. We're just going to put you out of the way. Right. But then... He discovers a wormhole right near there. So the space station becomes this huge big deal because this wormhole goes from the Alpha Quadrant, which is where Earth is, to the Gamma Quadrant, which is like all the way on the other side of the galaxy that takes like 70 years to get over there. Mm -hmm. But now there's a stable wormhole, just like the first stable wormhole. And then the space station becomes this huge, big deal. Right. So that wasn't nerdy at all. (laughs) (laughs) So the wormhole becomes a positive thing as people can get from uh, the Alpha to the Gamma Quadrants. And it also becomes like who controls the space station controls the wormhole. So the Kardashians are like pissed about it. They Mm. want to get in there and try to take control. Sure. Some notable characters, uh, Jadzia Dax is a joined trill, which is basically this alien race that has like a symbioid thing. Okay. So it's like another creature and you get chosen to be joined to the symbioid like the, through this huge process. So not all trill become joined. And basically, Jadzia Dax, her symbiote, is named Dax, and it has seven prior lives. The most previous one was Curzon Dax, who was Cisco's mentor. Mm. So he calls Jadzia old man. There's Quark, who's played by Armin Shimmerman, who is a Ferengi. Remember that character. 
And he's the bar owner. And he's like this greedy little Ferengi. And he's also one of my favorite characters. And the theme song is really long and boring. Mm -hmm. So let's hear that. Next show, Voyager. This is 95 to 2001, also seven seasons. It started, nine was still on. Lots of overlaps in yeah. this in this later uh, 90s, uh, re, not reboots, but the, uh, the reemergence of Star Trek as a thing. Yeah, basically the mid-90s was the time yeah. for Star Trek. So this is the ship, the USS Voyager. It gets stranded in the Delta Quadrant, 70,000 light years from Earth. Captain Catherine Janeway, played by Kate Mulgrew. Mrs. Columbo. <laughs> Seriously. I know. I love that. <laughs> she's, um, she's close runner-up to my favorite captain. She's pretty great. I have seen a few episodes of the show, and uh, she is pretty great. The security slash tactical officer is Tuvok, played by Tim Ross. He's a Vulcan. He's pretty good. And he also is in several other Star Trek things, like a movie. I think he's in Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, too. Okay. As like a one-off character. The chief medical officer is just called The Doctor. Oh, right. He's played by Robert Picardo, and he's a computer program called the EMH Mark One Emergency Medical Hologram. So basically because of this thing that happens that strands them, a lot of the crew actually dies, including all of the medical staff. So all they have left is this hologram. Is he like Rimmer? Kind of. <laughs> he kind of is, but yeah. he wasn't human before. Okay. Uh, some notable characters, of course, Seven of Nine. Right. Lots of people know about Seven of Nine. My old acting class uh, uh, classmate. Yeah, you went to school with her. Mm-hmm. So this character uh, was came out of the show in season four, and she's a former Borg. And her human name was Annika Hansen. So basically she becomes unassimilated from the collective. And they take her on the ship for some reason. <laughs> like she's she's an important character, but some of the things about her bother me. Like one, she's not very Borg-like. She's more just like anal. Right. And I don't think a Borg would wear a super tight cat suit with connected high-heeled boots. Like, I don't think the Borg would be into that. Well, maybe not the Borg you know. <laughs> this show also has my least favorite character, which is Neelix. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this character at all. So Neelix is played by Ethan Phillips. And he is this alien called a Talaxian. 
I really like that actor, but the character is really annoying. Mm-hmm. He's one of those like super happy people, and he's named the morale officer, and oh, yeah. he's the cook. Now, do other people on the ship hate him too? <laughs> so the Vulcan Tuvok, which of course he's oppressing all of his emotions. But you can tell that Neelix annoys the shit out of him. <laughs> and there's this one episode where Tuvok uh, starts feeling all these dark emotions for some reason. And Tuvok grabs him and chokes him to death. And then you realize that he's in the hologram, the holotech, doing this for fun. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. yeah. I feel you, Tuvok. Feel you. <laughs> so this show has my favorite of all the theme songs. And we're listening to it right now. Last one, Enterprise. 2001, 2005, four seasons. This is my least favorite series. Yeah. It's set 100 years before the original series. Oh, wow. And it's still considered canon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Although for some reason they never you prob- talked about this. You probably heard her say that through <laughs> clenched teeth. But I just want to uh, to verify those were clenched teeth there. So the ship is also called Enterprise. Mm-hmm. For some reason they never talked about the original Enterprise ship and the other shows. I don't know why. That is interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, like, not a good idea. It's, like, rewriting history kind of thing. Right. So the captain is Jonathan Archer, Scott Bakula. hmm And there's a Vulcan science officer named T'Pol, who's played by Jolene Blaylock. So basically, this is the first Warp 5 ship. This is the first, like, long-term exploration space mission. Mm-hmm. And the Vulcans are kind of like overseeing everything. They're like this overprotective older brother type of thing. And they're kind of all a-holes. So T'Pol is the Vulcan uh, science officer. And she's kind of put there by the Vulcans to keep an eye on the humans and their first space exploration thing. Gotcha. But then later she becomes more loyal to Captain Archer. There is limited technology. They do not have a tractor beam. No photon torpedoes. They they do not have universal translators. So they have like a language expert. And they do have the transporters, but they don't really use them for biological. So they don't transport themselves. They just do it for equipment. Because it's still considered kind of dangerous and not totally safe to transport people. So they're pretty confined to the ship on mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. That's going to limit your story possibilities. Mm-hmm. The biggest reason I didn't like this show is because we went from Voyager, the one with the women, right, to Enterprise, 
the one without women. It's basically the there's three main white guy characters. Yeah. It's like going back to the original series. Yeah. It's like all this progress we made gone. Right. And to Paul, which I actually call Vulcan of Nine, <laughs> also wearing a super, super tight cat suit. Sure. For no reason. Sure. And like the first or second episode, her and one of the white guys are like going to some mission and when they come back, it's like they have to uh they have to like rub each other down with something and it's like what is happening? <laughs> this is not about space exploration. This is not my Star Trek. <laughs> it's exploration. It's just not space. A certain kind of exploration. Hello. And the worst theme song, not just of Star Trek, but ever of any show. Really? Ever. It is terrible. Worse than the Firefly theme song? Yeah, I liked the Firefly oh, theme song. never mind. Well, when you hear this song, you will know why it's the worst one. Thank you for taking us through this. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. there's there's lots of things to glean from this. So when you get that Star Trek round, you're going to have a little extra oomph to your knowledge. So let's go out on that terrible theme song <laughs> from Star Trek Enterprise. All right, that's it for the podcast. Thanks a lot for downloading and listening. Uh, remember, get a hold of us, quizfix at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Just look for quizfix out there. Get out there and play those quizzes this week. And Monica and I will be back next week with a brand new spanking episode. A brand spanking new episode. One of the two. Bye. Let's get trivial, trivial. I wanna get trivial